Well, it was truly a magical weekend for Christopher Bell as he was able to shed that monkey off his back and get a very important win on the season at New Hampshire. We're going to go over that race as well as Justin Allgaier continuing his momentum and getting a big win Saturday in the Xfinity Series. We'll look ahead at the upcoming Truck Series regular season finale at Pocono, as well as all the silly season news that broke up this past week with Tyler Reddick going as far as setting his plans for 2024. All this discussed and more on 3 Wild. So while we didn't have any Truck Series action over this past weekend, we still have plenty of things to discuss to take up that time in the show. Uh, the big news over this past week was Tyler Reddick announcing that he will be driving for 2311 Racing starting in 2024. Now, just a matter of weeks ago, Richard Childress Racing announced that they were picking up his option for 2023 in hopes that he would be able to be signed to a long-term deal for them come next season. However, Tyler Reddick pretty much, you know, blew that plan apart. Nothing against him on that. Uh, he was approached by Denny Hamlin, 2311 Racing, signed with them. Uh, Denny announced while he doesn't have any sponsors lined up for the team or even know what car Tyler's going to be in, he wanted Tyler Reddick and when he got the go-ahead from the higher-ups, he went after him. So you can't knock Denny for that one. He knew who he wanted to help take his program to the next level. Uh, Richard Childress Racing, in their response, it was kind of interesting. They they put out a press release saying that they were proud of the success that they had had with Tyler Reddick, um, but, and they're focused on winning championships both this year and in 2023. And they ended it with, although the timing of this announcement could not be any worse. Uh, so Richard Childress Racing, obviously a little salty there in that statement with how they feel about the announcement being made already. Tyler, he comes out and says this shouldn't have been a total shock to Richard Childress Racing. He said he informed them that he would be exploring his options for 2024 and beyond. Uh, he has all intention of contending for wins and titles this, the rest of this season and next year. But you can't help but wonder if this announcement won't cause a little bit of a ripple effect for the team, you know, with next year being pretty much a lame duck season for him. Pretty sure, you know, my prediction is I think Richard Childress Racing, they're going to put all their eggs in the Austin Dillon basket. They're going to put all their resources towards his car. Uh, not necessarily to hang Tyler out to dry, but knowing that he isn't going to be back after next year, I doubt they're going to give him all the tools that they would Austin. So that led into another announcement over the weekend where Ty Dillon announced that him, himself, and the Petty GMS team decided to mutually part, part ways. This will open up a pretty decent car for next year. You know, and the big rumor is, or what everyone was saying after the announcement was made, was this is where Noah Gregson is going to wind up going. Obviously, Black Rifle Coffee, they are a big sponsor for that 42 car, and they already have an existing relationship with Noah. Noah surely would bring Bass Pro Shops with him along with that sponsorship. So he is definitely the front runner that everybody's looking at to be announced to take over this 42 car, which would, would be a huge grab for Petty GMS. Uh, and Ty, in his interview with Bob Pockris, he seemed very confident still about how his future looks he seemed pretty content um not really didn't didn't seem like he was panicking or you know man I, I don't know what's gonna happen next year i'm not real sure he seemed like he's a driver who knows where he's going or has a good idea of it 
and there was a lot of rumors and speculation about that. You know, obviously with the Tyler Reddick news, people were saying, well, Ty Dillon, he's going to go take over that eight car. Some were saying that Richard Childress was going to basically bump out Tyler next year and Ty Dillon take over the car for 2023. Others, and this was my favorite rumor that I could see happening, which is putting Ty back into Xfinity for a year, letting Tyler finish out his contract in the Cup Series, and then Ty Dillon take over from there. You have people saying that they can see Ty Dillon in the three car again for Richard Childress in the Xfinity Series, or possibly the 48 for Big Machine Racing, who has an alliance with Richard. Um, if I had to pick, I would rather see Ty take over the 48 car for Big Machine Racing. I feel like that's a, a good partnership. You have Ty, who has lots of experience, a lot he can bring to the table and help improve that team. And you've seen them make big strides this year with drivers like Tyler Reddick and Jade Buford, uh, among others, taking over that ride off and on throughout the season. And Ty Dillon could certainly help them take that program to a more consistent level, I believe. So, I, and if, as far as the three car, if it was to make its return to the Xfinity Series, I would personally love to see Jeffrey Earnhardt get behind the wheel after his performance at Talladega. I think that would be a, a fan favorite decision if he's able to get the sponsorship to drive that car. So we still got quite, quite a ways to go till the end of the season. And even then we'll have a couple months of some final silly season moves being made, but there's a, a it's starting to roll. It's starting to pick up some momentum on the silly season side. And even Kyle Busch asked about his prospects for next year. Obviously he has not had a deal made yet with Joe Gibbs racing, but he did mention that he has talked to other teams uh, that sounded like that seemed a bit of a surprise to Joe Gibbs that he came out and said that. But, you know, Kyle, he's not going to be someone that's going to sit and wait. He, If he has to go out and make his own path, he will. Now, whether anything comes of those talks, I doubt he – I don't see him leaving Joe Gibbs Racing. I, as I said earlier in the year when all this talk, these talks started, I see this as kind of a negotiating tool for Kyle to, to stay in that 18 car for them to – get everything locked up and go ahead and announce. But time will tell crazier things have happened. I know if Kyle Busch comes out announcing he will not be in the 18 car next year, it is going to set off a whirlwind of a silly season that we haven't seen since Dale Jr. announced he was leaving or DEI and going to Hendrick Motorsports. So a lot to be keeping up. We're, we're getting into the part of the year where you're start, going to start seeing news break out, you know, more consistently every, you know, whether it's every couple weeks, and then we're going to get to the point where every week is just some new announcement. So getting into an exciting part of the season, not just with the playoffs, but with silly season as well. And before getting off the, the subject of silly season, going back to Tyler Reddick's move to 2311 racing, I feel like this is a huge win for both parties. Uh, 2311, I believe, is definitely on the upswing with, you know, their current lineup of Kurt Busch and Bubba Wallace. Now, I do see Tyler moving into that 45 car. I don't see Kurt going past next season, and I feel like that would be an excellent car for Tyler to jump in. I feel like by this point, they're going to have, you know, all their program together much, on a much more consistent basis. You know, we've seen the speed both Bubba and Kurt have. You know, obviously Bubba's been bit by, you know, pit road problems, which is really – hampered his, you know, finishing results on the season. But I think you throw in Tyler there and how he can get the most out of these cars. You know, I, I don't see this being anything other than a win for 2311. I think this puts them 
you know, up a notch as far as, you know, more consistently competing for wins, you know, playoff spots. And, you know, who knows, Tyler could get in there and it light a fire under both him and Bubba. And they could, you know, really turn the, the sport upside down as far as, you know, this new team, kind of like Track House has done this season with Ross Chastain and Daniel Suarez. And I believe, you know, five years from now, we could be looking at Track House and 2311 Racing as, you know, one of the top teams for each manufacturer and in the sport overall, you know, as a whole. So a huge win, I think, for 2311 Racing. Where this, you know, leaves Richard Childress Racing and their future, I'm not real sure. You know, I, I am a fan of Austin Dillon. I, I never have cared for the whole silver spoon comments that are directed towards him or his brother or really, you know, for, for many drivers that get into the sport the way they have or even like a Paul Menard and the sponsor, you know, he, you know, him getting in just simply for his family's connection to Menards, you know, the store itself. These are guys that have come in and I'm talking about Ty and Austin. They've won at, you know, just about every level they've come in. They've competed for championships, won for championships. Are they the flashiest drivers that's going to go out there and, and compete for a win week in and week out? No, they are the more kind of consistent drivers where they can, you know, t sneak up there and get a win. You look at Tyler at, or not Tyler, Austin, excuse me, Austin at um, his last win in Texas. You know, they, they made a pit gamble, put him on the front row for a final restart. He took advantage of it and came away with a win. So, I mean, the talent is there. And you look at Richard's, you know, Xfinity program. He has Sheldon Creed, Austin Hill. He has two good young talents down there, you know. And if Ty Dillon comes back up in the eight car, it is what it is. Ty, I think, hasn't gotten a fair shake in the Cup Series. You know, he's driven for Germain Racing and Petty GMS Motorsports. Not two of the top teams. Now, he's been consistent and better in that second Petty GMS car than what was expected coming into the season, especially with the history of, you know, petty and multiple car teams. I feel like he's held up his end. He's done well. Um, you know, I'll be interested to see if maybe I, I saw somebody on social media saying they could see him moving into possibly a position in Richard Childress Racing on the business side, which would be, you know, makes sense. Richard, who knows how much longer he's going to be a part of the sport or can and can continue to be a part of the sport. And I can think of no one better than, you know, one of his grandsons who he's brought up through the series, letting, you know, putting it in his hands. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what this move, what, what comes of it just a few years down the road from now. But I feel like both teams are set up, you know, they'll be okay. And, but, but at the end of the day, I feel like this was a huge win for 2311 racing and could it change the way that they do how, how these teams do the free agency, the silly season part of the sport, you know, Denny just come out and said, I want Tyler Reddick and I got him. I went after him. You know, it's always so much about, you know, getting sponsorship, getting everything secured that you can before going after the driver or it being part of the negotiations. Whereas Denny said, I'm going to go get the driver and I'll just handle the rest from there you know, will this change the landscape where we see, you know, deals for, you know, further, you know, for, you know, not the next season, but the next, you know, so it gives teams times to get those sponsorship deals. Who knows? But definitely caused a huge ripple effect in the garage. Took off the biggest name for next season, silly season off the board already a year and a half before we really get into it. So 
props to Tyler for getting a deal done. He's set. He knows what his plans are, so he can just drive and focus on the car. It'll just be interesting to see how his last season goes with Richard Childress Racing. Now, getting right back into the action that took place on the track this past weekend at New Hampshire, the Xfinity Series, they kicked things off Saturday, and it was a much busier race than what I was anticipating, what I was expecting going into this weekend. You had, you know, spins, crashes all over the, the race. Uh, the biggest one that to, that I felt like to talk about was, had it was Daniel Hemrick versus Noah Gregson. Now, the main reason is there's history between the two drivers. You go back to Atlanta 2021 when they got into the altercation and the fight on pit road after the race. And then even just a couple of weeks ago at Road America, when Noah Gregson started the big wreck, that involved Daniel Hemrick as well as his teammate Landon Castle. So it wasn't far-fetched to look at this incident. You know, there were there was the spin, Noah Gregson spinning out Hemrick in stage one, then Hemrick seemingly repaying the favor at the end of stage two. So it was easy to look at this and say there's some intent there, or there there's, there's more to the story. But at the end of the race, when everyone was talking to, or when Noah was speaking on the incidents, he said with the incident at the end of stage one where he spun out Hemrick, he, he said he simply just wheel hopped it, lost control of the car, and, and it were, there was no intent. He just took out Hemrick, and he felt the same, you know, was done when Hemrick spun Noah out coming to the green checker in stage two and turn four. Um, and I'll say looking at the camera angles with the flat track, it, it, it's tough to tell what exactly happened. You know, if Noah's pretty much owning up, hey, here's what happened on my end, and I believed this happened on his end. It's, it's, the story is pretty much a non-starter. It sounds like just two drivers coincidentally had the same thing happen to them and take each other out. You know, these races can be, this race season, it can be full of coincidences. So it's very plausible. But, you know, that was definitely an interesting little start to the day. And as the race went on, you had several contenders of the race running into problems. Drivers like Josh Berry, Brandon Jones, Ty Gibbs, William Byron, and as I mentioned, Daniel Hemrick. You know, and these ranged from crashes to electrical problems, mechanical problems. You know, Ty Gibbs, he had to spend quite a bit of time on pit road. William Byron had trouble on one restart. Brandon Jones got spun into the inside wall on the front straightaway. So just all sorts of problems for these big names, but it allowed drivers like Landon Castle, Sheldon Creed, to really shine you know landon he had the race of his career showing why he you know fans have been clamoring for him to have the opportunity to drive for a big name team like college racing he, he led many laps and really seemed to be you know one of the better cars and one of the favorites to be able to pull off the win which would have been huge a big favorite win for all fans um but while he crossed the line in third after the checkered flag he failed post-race tech along with Noah Gregson, who finished fourth. So both of those drivers, they wound up getting disqualified, getting pushed to the rear of the field, losing all their points. Uh, Sheldon Creed, the who I just mentioned, he had a solid day finally from start to finish, was really a dark horse pick to get the win. It just seems like he was having trouble on pit road and just kept having to work his way back to the front. Otherwise, he could, have, he could have pulled off the upset easily, uh, but he did come away with his first career top five. And while Justin Allgaier, who was my pick, I mentioned last week before the end of the show that I felt like Allgaier was going to be the guy to watch and come away with the victory at New Hampshire. He gets the win, followed by Trevor Bain with another solid finish in second. 
Brandon Brown came home third, followed by Jeremy Clements in fourth. Sheldon Creed came home in fifth, followed by Ty Dillon in sixth. Austin Hill, he would finish in seventh, followed by Kyle Weatherman in eighth. Mason Massey finished in ninth, followed by Bailey Curry in tenth. And, you know, while we just got through talking about silly season for the Cup Series, you know, I decided to look at on the Xfinity side some moves I'd like to see made when the before, you know, next season starts. I think Trevor Bain has earned a shot to drive that 18 car full time. I, I feel like it would be a good fit for him. He'd be a great pairing for Ty Gibbs as someone to kind of mentor him, you know, help with the maturity side of it. I think it would be a true positive for Ty and even Brandon Jones. And Trevor, he's mentioned, you know, he this is kind of like a comeback. He does want to come back full time. He's let that be known. And I even saw him where he did a Instagram Q&A and mentioned that he has talk two teams about coming back full-time. I hope one of them is this 18 car, because I think he has more than proved that you put him in a, a top team, he's going to be a threat week in and week out. You know, it's, it, it's a thing to think, you know, what his stats would look like if he was running that 18 car week in and week out that so far this season and what little time he's had, he's been in that car. So another move that I think at the end of this race we saw needed to, needs to be made is putting Kyle Weatherman full-time in Wuji Motorsports, that number 34 car. He had a quiet day, kept that car clean and out of trouble, and comes away with a top-10 finish. And, you know, Jesse Wuji, who's partnered with Emmett Smith on this car, Jesse, you know, he's kind of been the butt of a lot of jokes, and he's a lot of people complaining about him, you know, and his ability to drive a car. I, I think this would be the perfect time to move him to the business side of it. Worry about the ownership. Put a driver like Kyle Weatherman, who has ran consistently in this car. He's run one less race this season than Jesse Awuji, but he's completed over 200 laps more than Jesse. He's ranked 27th in the points compared to Jesse, who is 41st. And in this car, he has finished 16th. He has finishes, including 16th, 12th, and eighth, counting New Hampshire. he He's showing that this car, that he can be somewhat consistent with this team, more consistent than what they're getting now with Jesse. You know, Jesse, obviously, you know, military, in the Navy, truly mm -hmm. thankful for his service. You know, I believe he's a great guy, nice guy who wants to leave an impact on the sport. I believe he would be better served to make that impact on the ownership side. I think he could be a true positive for this Xfinity series. So hopefully that can be be a move made, whether it's, you know, postseason or before the end of the season is even finished, that that move can be made. Uh, and then I, of course, mentioned earlier, putting Ty Dillon in the 48 Big Machine Racing and Jeffrey Earnhardt in the three car. Uh, th those are all moves I would like to see on the silly season side for Xfinity Series. I think it could turn into a lot of positive for the series and make the racing even better for that series. Now, moving ahead to Sunday's Cup race, uh, coming into this weekend, Martin Truex Jr. was really looking like the guy to beat. He was very dominant early on. He led 163 of the first 188 laps. He won the first two stages and was pretty solid overall. Did have some issues. You know, pit strategy came to be a, a big part of this race. And ultimately, it was his teammate, Christopher Bell, who gets a huge statement win for his career after making a uh, pass on Chase Elliott, leading the final 42 laps. Uh, 
And this win, as of right now, puts him in the playoffs. So the top 10, when that checkered flag fell, you had Christopher Bell finish first, followed by Chase Elliott in second. Bubba Wallace came home in third, followed by Martin Truex Jr. in fourth. Kevin Harvick, he finished in fifth, followed by Denny Hamlin in sixth. Brad Keselowski gets a solid seventh-place finish, followed by Ross Chastain in eighth. Daniel Suarez finished in ninth, followed by Kurt Busch in tenth. So with this huge win for Christopher Bell, which I feel like will probably just feels like a huge weight taken off of his shoulders with it, it, it leaves two spots left in the playoffs right now, That two drivers that are in on points alone that do not have wins on the season. But there are six races left, so you know these guys are going to start feeling the pressure week in and week out, especially you know if we have another new winner step up. And what's surprising is the two drivers who are hoping there are no new winners are Ryan Blaney, who is third in points, 78 points behind Chase Elliott for the regular season points standing lead, and Martin Truex Jr., who's fourth in the regular standings. So we could be looking at guys who are in the top five of overall points miss this playoff just because they did not win a race. And this is where you'll see a lot of complaints about the playoff system. I mean, Truex and Blaney, while they haven't won, they've been consistent. They're, they haven't been flashy by any means, but they've been up there getting the points they needed to what they thought was get them in the playoffs. And and this is where I disagree with the playoffs. I, I hate that it could possibly, you know, take these two guys out. I understand the whole win, winning is important, but you also can't take away the fact of drivers and teams working their butts off all year, you know, just scoring top five after top five and top 10 after top 10. And it ultimately mean nothing you know, because they didn't have, they just happened to not get a win for whatever reason, you know, it's, it's a, it's a shame for, you know, two drivers of that caliber like Blaney and Truex to miss, you know, and left on the schedule, you still got two road courses with Indy and Watkins Glen. You got the super speedway Daytona at the regular season finale, but then also you got Michigan, which uh, there's a lot of questions of, is that, track going to race like a super speedway how will that race look could that be another wild card race you know and looking at the schedule looking at the drivers and you know how they've fared and how they're looking i can easily see two more winners personally i could see eric jones pulling a win at a track like michigan uh, michael mcdowell he's always a threat at a super speedway like daytona but don't sleep on him on a road course he's very good there you know bubba wallace who's probably one of the better super speedway racers right now besides Ryan Blaney. And it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very tense if, especially say we go to Pocono this upcoming weekend and we have a new winner, you know, you're going to see, start seeing some stress wear on these drivers. You could start seeing drivers making desperation moves. And, you know, this is what NASCAR wanted. They want the drama. They want the excitement. And they are definitely getting their money's worth this, this season. You know, you got because you got Kevin Harvick right now who's ninth in regular season points, and he's the first driver out of the playoffs because he hasn't won. So, you know, and we all know what Kevin will do if you back him in a corner and it's coming down to the end of one of these races and he has a shot at the leader, you know, it's going to be exciting for sure. He's not, you know, not going to let that slip by knowing if he gets the win that can secure him a playoff spot. So, like I said, I could see two more winners. Could we have more? It's not out of the question with the tracks we're headed to. But with, you know, Pocono coming up, that's a good solid track for Gibbs. You know, Michigan, that could be a good solid track for Penske, for Blaney. So 
it's going to be really fun, really as a fan anyway, to sit back and see how these last few races unfold. And, you know, Blaney and Truett got to be hoping if they can't get the win, they're going to be do you know, doing all the praying and hoping they can that driver like Chase Elliott or Kyle Larson or Joey Logano can get in victory lane just so that kind of gets them a little bit more of a buffer to the playoffs. So before we look ahead at this weekend's action coming to you from Pocono, we need to take a look at some of our spotlight drivers from this past weekend. And these are two drivers who were able to finally break out of the slump they've had this season and come away with solid race from start to finish. Uh, for the Xfinity Series, my spotlight driver is Brandon Brown. This was his first top five of the season with a third place finish. And quietly, you know, while he hasn't had the best year, he hasn't, you know, been up front and his name hasn't been mentioned as much as 2021. His average finish is right there on par with 2021. And right now he's sitting 13th in points, which is much better than he was at this time or at the end of last season in 2021 by a few positions. And on the cup side, the spotlight driver is Bubba Wallace, who also came away with a third place finish. And this was his second top five of the season, but his first since the Daytona 500 this season. Um, and, you know, his struggles this year, they're well documented with pit crew trouble, tires falling off. He's just had just about everything but good luck on his side this season. And if he can keep this up, his team can keep him in the, the you know, in the race and not take him out of it. And if he don't make any mental mistakes, he could easily be a dark horse race winning contender at any of these tracks, especially Daytona, you know, where he's one of the top super speedway drivers, you know, he could easily kind of sneak in there and get a win and possibly put himself in position to sneak his way into the playoffs and knock out one of these top drivers. But looking ahead to this weekend with Pocono, last season for the Cup Series, they had a, a doubleheader in 2021 where you had Alex Bowman and Kyle Busch come away with the wins. And looking at the history of this track, especially the past 10 years, this could be another solid Gibbs weekend. They have won seven of the past 10 races held at Pocono. If I was a betting man, I would put, you know, quite a bit of my eggs in the Martin Truex Jr. basket, just simply because now that all, th other, all three other drivers for Joe Gibbs have wins, you got to think that the attention that in that shop is going to be that 19 car and getting him in victory lane to lock himself in the playoffs. Because like I said, he's fourth in the points. If he gets a win, it's his. There's no, you know, no way he's going to, there's going to be enough winners to knock him back out of it. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Martin Truex Jr. like New Hampshire come off the truck rolling fast. So we'll just see if he can deliver and get himself that locked-in spot. On the Xfinity side, you they are also at Pocono. Last year, Austin Cindric was the winner. But with Austin now full-time Cup Series, I look at this race to be a battle between Ty Gibbs and Justin Allgaier, who finished second and third last year. Ty Gibbs led 11 laps. Allgaier led 10 Besides Cindric, they were the two better cars. And right now, you got Ty Gibbs, who's, I think, week in, week out, the favorite no matter where they go. You know, it just about has to be like New Hampshire this past weekend. He has to have some sort of mechanical failure or electrical failure, I think, to knock him out of a race. And then Justin Allgaier, who is on a sure enough hot streak, and with the momentum riding big on him, it, it could be a battle between these two guys for this race. On the truck series side, this is the last regular season race. After this, the playoffs are have officially started for that series. 
And right now the main battle is between Derek Krause and Matt Crafton. Which one of them gets that last spot? You know, both drivers, they finished in the top 10 at this race last year. Derek, he, he's going to need some help. He's either going to have to win or hope something knocks Matt out of the race or, you know, relegates him to a lower finish. And Derek's going to have to go for all the stage points he can. So it's going to be interesting to see how his crew chief, you know, will attack this race. Is he going to go for the race win or do you go for max stage points? You know, finish first in each stage, get as many as you can and hope Crafton finishes far enough back that you're able to catch and pass him in the point standings. So this weekend, there's going to be plenty of action to watch, plenty of storylines to follow. Uh, expect that truck series to be very exciting as well as the Cup Series, you know, and the, with that race for the playoff spot tightening up. Be sure, if you haven't already, to hit that subscribe button for this podcast. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, as well as Anchor.fm. And we are now on Amazon Music. You can subscribe to this podcast there. Uh, and here pretty soon, I should have the video out this week, hopefully in the next day or so. And be sure to, when that goes up, I will be sure to post it on social media, uh, attach the link to my description of this episode, and be sure to hit the subscribe on that because we will start doing weekly uploads on that channel as well. And as I said, y'all sit back and get ready for an exciting weekend at Pocono. And that'll wrap up this week's episode of Three Wide. As always, I thank you for listening along. I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of their week and can enjoy all the action from all three series this upcoming weekend. And we will meet same time next week and discuss all the action from Pocono, as well as how the playoff leaderboard shakes out for the truck series.